Welcome to our first episode of Moms That Curse. I'm Ariel. And I'm Isabel. We're moms. And yeah, we curse. Yep, and we curse a lot. I think we should, since it's our first episode, I think it's important that we go to the beginning. And we're going to be talking about some taboo topics. We're going to be cursing, so don't let your little ones hear. If you uh, have sensitive ears, just know what's coming. <laughs> this is the warning. <laughs> so I think that we should go to the beginning. Right. Since we are, you know, moms, what is what does it start with? Pregnancy. How did you find out you were pregnant? So I found out I was pregnant um, when I was about 20 years old. I definitely was not ready for this. I went to my friend's house and she had made some eggs. And so I ate them. And the next day I come back to her house and I like tell her how her eggs made me super sick because they were super greasy. And I was like bitching at her because I was like throwing up the whole time and I was still throwing up. And then she looks at me and she says, I don't think you're sick for my eggs. I think you're pregnant and I said no fucking way so I go to CVS and I buy about three pregnancy tests which I then proceed to go back to her house and I take these tests and they all come back positive with the exception of one which I went to her and I told her how you know this test was not positive so I cannot be pregnant you know because the other four tests apparently lied to me so she tells me no and so I throw the test away and like within minutes she comes back and she shows me the test that it was indeed positive and that's how I found out and I freaked out because I was young I was stupid and I was not ready to have a child yeah I think that happens a lot with just people in general and I think it can just happen at any age and every stage of your life no matter where you're at that first initial shock like for me, I was told by a doctor that I could never have kids or it was going to not only that I couldn't, but if I did, it was going to be extremely hard. So I just kind of accepted my life like that and uh, moved on and just thought, OK, well, I'm never going to have kids. And at first I was sad about it, you know, because it made me feel like the choice was taking away from me. It wasn't like something that I could decide on. So I think that made me a little bit sad. But as I started, you know, growing and, you know, just kind of developing myself, I just came into this place in my, in my mind that, OK, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to hang out and do whatever I want and be free, like be like this bird. Right. And I just liked that idea of freedom. And so I met my current partner. And, you know, obviously this was right before COVID hit. No, this was during COVID. I'm sorry. This was during COVID. And, you know, I was extremely sick. I thought, you know, maybe I had COVID or maybe I just had the flu or something. It became so bad that he took me to the hospital. And I just was in such a dire place that I didn't care what medication they gave me. I just wanted to feel better. And obviously policy, you know, they need to test you. And I said, please take my arm, take all the blood out of me. I don't care. It's just, I want to feel better. So 30 minutes later, they walk into the room and they said, congratulations, you're having a baby. And I was sleeping because I was so dehydrated when they hooked me up to the fluids. I had fell asleep, but somehow I heard this, you know, sentence in my head and I woke up in such a panic that I was hyperventilating. I was crying. I, my mind couldn't process what was going on. And I was like, no, no, no. Not only did I look really crazy, the nurse was backing out of the room very slowly to go get the doctor. <laughs> But my partner was also looking at me like, oh my God, like, you're a psycho. 
So I think even then they said, you know, when the doctor came in and he said, there's no way we did make a mistake and we'll test you again. And, you know, we'll even bring in an ultrasound. And even still, I was like, I told the ultrasound tech, you're not going to find anything in there. And long and behold, there was this little, little peanut with this strong heartbeat. And all you see is the heart fluttering. And at that point, it was no denying that I was pregnant. But for me, it felt like the room got extremely long, like in the cartoons. Like this was just this never ending hallway. And I think a lot of people feel like that. This was two years ago. I was 25 when I found out I was pregnant. So, I mean, I wasn't really, really young, but, you know, just still scared. I think it's just that a lot of moms and then, you know, there's these people here that always telling you or always judging you, you're a mom or, you know, you should feel lucky. You should feel blessed, you know, that you even get to have a baby because there's a lot of people who don't get to have that and, you know, they really want children and that's good. But I mean, yeah, everybody's situation is different. It's what I've said before. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know the relationship, what exactly is happening behind closed doors because you see one thing on the outside, but you never know what goes on in the inside. And you don't know people's mental health. You don't know if they really are ready for this child. And it's not our place to judge them, whatever they decide to do, because I can tell you right now, when I found that I was pregnant, I was in no way ready for this. My my lifestyle was not in the best position to have a child. I was not in the best financial situation. Mentally, I wasn't there. It was rough, um, for sure. It was a wake-up call to me and what I was doing in my life and all that stuff. But if I would have decided to go a different route, it would have been my choice to make because at the end of the day, when I have this child, I am 100% responsible for this child to feed it, to make sure that you know it has a bed to lay on, a roof over their head, and stuff like that and nobody has any obligation to help me if they even decide to so at the end of the day like I said the decision should be mine to make because their fathers don't even make a decision they're not there when you need them a lot of the time depending like I said on the situation for some people they're married and they have a partner and that's great but that's not the case for everyone and so when you are working a job making minimum wage and you can barely feed yourself how are you supposed to feed this child so it's it's a lot to take and you're literally being told that you have when I found out I was almost three months so I literally had less than six months to decide what the fuck I was going to do with my life because I had this little thing that was coming that now was going to be a hundred percent my responsibility you know so it was a lot to take in only one pregnancy test you know like one result that takes five minutes and it literally changes your life forever yeah. so it's hard I know this is such a taboo topic I know people are probably going to get a lot of hate and <laughs> comments on this um but this is what this podcast is for this is for real situations with real moms who you know go through real things a lot of people don't like to talk about this but abortion is a big topic i mean you know you have people who for religious purposes don't want to do it or is judging other people you know you don't know what those like you said nobody knows what that person is going through what if there's a medical emergency and you have to get an abortion or you know for some reason you find yourself in a domestic violence situation or your mental health is not there you know 
it's just so many things that go into that. And for somebody to say, you're a baby killer, or you should never do that, or, you know, judging everybody else for their decision. But at the end of the day, it's your body, it should be your choice. And I mean, at least for my situation, I did discuss it with my partner, I asked him for his opinion. Like I said, everybody's situation is different. Like, did you debate abortion? Did you talk to your, you know, your partner about it? What happened? Yeah, well, I didn't have a partner it was my situation was a little different but i did contemplate it because like i said i was not in a position to have a child um my lifestyle was you know not a healthy one and so i was really scared that i would bring this baby into the world and ruin this baby pretty much because i was making all the wrong choices because i wasn't doing the right thing and so i cried over it i debated it i did talk to my best friend about it you know we cried about it together it was like this whole big thing but I decided to keep my child because you know it was my first pregnancy and because my life was practically in shambles I was like maybe this is a good thing maybe this is what I needed to change my lifestyle to get my shit together to really look back and be like I need to change who I am today because I have this child coming and so that's what I did and I have always said to this day that my firstborn he saved my life because I was definitely going down the wrong path so I'm blessed that I made the choice to have my child but we do want people to understand and know that this is completely a judgment-free zone and if you have one um, I myself have been someone who has had abortions because it's not the best place for me but it's something that I have chosen to do because I just I was not ready but my first child I couldn't do it because he was my first baby and you know I needed to change my life I needed that wake-up call and I'm glad I did I'm glad I made the choice that I did and you know we're here 14 years later and you know I'm dealing with the teenage shit but <laughs> it was worth it I don't regret my decision at all I'm happy that I did it because like I said he saved my life and I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, there's a lot of people who go through that situation. I know that it's a hard thing to even say, yeah, I did have an abortion, you know, and so I just want to say that you're pretty strong for saying that, especially on here. If anybody is contemplating abortion, this is a judgment-free zone. You are not alone. There are a lot of people who contemplate this, and some of them even go through with it. And even if you do, you are not a bad person. You are, you know, you're just doing the best decision that you can for this time in your life. And that's okay. And there's nobody here that should be telling you what to do, especially with your own body. You know, of course, for me, I've never had an abortion, but still, I did contemplate. I felt like I was the best decision for me to involve my partner. Not everybody has that situation. So it definitely is difficult, but understand that there are resources out there and there are support. There are a lot of people who, you know, go ahead and get that abortion and they feel horrible after. There are support groups. There are, you know, people willing to sit there and talk to you and to walk with you through this journey. Sometimes it's really hard and you think that you're alone, but you're not. So everybody out there, please 
just realize that you are not alone and there are a lot of people in your similar situation who are feeling like that, who are in a dark place, but it's okay and there's always light at the end of the tunnel and you can walk out of there stronger. Yeah, that for sure, for sure is the reality of it. Um, when I had my firstborn, it was very tough. I'm not going to sit here and say that it was easy and that I got all the support because I did not, but I got through it and I fought through it and I fell to the ground and I got back up and I did it over and over again and I will do it again another million times but it does get better if you continue to fight and you don't give up it gets better but it does get worse before it gets better like that's the real shit you know <laughs> it's always gonna get worse before it gets better but it gets better as long as you stay consistent and you continue to realize why you're doing this you know that your child is the priority you're gonna move forward and you're gonna get better and your child will grow up and see your efforts and see what you've done even if they're teenagers and they're assholes eventually it gets better than that yeah no i totally agree with you so after the first initial shock how do you feel like your pregnancy went? I actually had a pretty rough pregnancy. I was sick. I found out when I was almost three months. And I was sick all the way until about seven months. Pretty much. Uh, I was throwing up all the time. I lost a lot of weight. I ended up in the hospital at 28 weeks because I was not eating because everything just made me really sick. Um, so I had to have some sort of injection. I don't remember what it was called because I was going into labor at 28 weeks. Wow. So they had to do like a stop and they gave me about two bags of IV because I was super dehydrated, which is the reason why I was even going into labor in the first place, because I just could not hold anything down, not water, not anything and then I had these cravings for lime and I just wanted to eat lime all the time and apparently that was also an issue <laughs> side note everybody she still craves that now lime salt that's all she <laughs> she snacks on lime salt everybody I love that shit <laughs> <laughs> but it was bad but yeah my pregnancy was just not fun at all wow that must have been really intense uh, you must have been really scared especially to go into labor so early yeah it was a scary time i went to a hospital three times and a third time is when they told me that i was going into labor and they had to do like uh give me some medicine to stop the labor you know because the contractions were starting to come so they needed to make sure that they stopped it before they you know really came which they did and i'm glad they did um and after that it went a lot easier but i still couldn't really eat a lot um and how long were you in the hospital before you gave birth they kept me um i didn't really stay there they just gave me the medicine and since the labor stopped they kind of just sent me home and that was at 28 weeks and then after that this child did not want to come out he was like fuck you all you don't want me out <laughs> i'm just gonna stay here and he was like 40 weeks in and i'm like one centimeter 41 weeks and i'm one centimeter <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> so this kid just was like fuck all of you and he pretty much decided to stay in there and so the labor was horrible too because he didn't want to come out so i was in labor for 16 hours until we ended up with an emergency c-section um i was seven centimeters dilated and his heart rate started dropping and the doctor was like this kid has to come out now so i ended up having an emergency c-section so that was not a fun labor for me. Wow. Yeah. Didn't seem like it. I would say that I did also have a scary experience, but definitely not as intense as, as yours. I was actually lucky I didn't have that. At first, it was really scary because um, after I found out I was I was pregnant, shortly thereafter, I started bleeding a lot. 
And that was really scary because you obviously not supposed to be bleeding when you're pregnant. And I found out that I had a subchronic hematoma. And then after that, you know, I was still bleeding. They said, oh, the hematoma is not there. And, you know, going in out of the hospital. And there was one night especially where, I mean, I was bleeding through my clothes. It was really scary. And we were in the hospital. And that was scary, too, because this is during COVID. And this was the time that COVID had just started. Um, nobody really knew too much about what was going on in the world. And everybody was dying left and right. You know, so I was really scared, you know, especially just being in the hospital with all those sick people. And for many of you who do not know, when you are under uh, your third trimester, you cannot go into labor and delivery to get checked up. You have to go to the regular emergency room. And I'm going to be honest, the hospital that I went to, they didn't seem as knowledgeable. And the only reason why I felt that way um, was because they had told me multiple times that I was having a miscarriage and that was was going on. And they really didn't pay attention to me because they felt like, you know what, there's really nothing that we can do. You're going to be bleeding and that's it. it you're going to pass the baby. I had um, multiple doctors tell me that. So that was pretty scary. I, I felt like I needed to live my life in a bubble. They ended up putting me on bed rest and, you know, that was hard and couldn't really do anything. I, it was just more scared than anything that, you know, at first I was really scared when I was, when I found that I was pregnant and now I'm in this point where I would do anything not to lose my baby. And I did everything that I could, at least in my mind. So eating extremely well, organic, and, you know, making sure no toxic chemicals were in the house. I mean, I was a, definitely a pain in the ass to live with. <laughs> I was definitely a pain. And I was living with my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. So I know all of you ladies out there that are pregnant and living with your in-laws. I feel for you. <laughs> it's not an easy place to be, and that's for sure. Yeah. So. Everything is always, always going to be wrong. It's not from now, and when the baby comes, it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty scary, but after when I started going into my third trimester is when my bleeding stopped. I was able to have a normal pregnancy. And I was going on hikes, I was doing normal things, and, you know, it was a really beautiful experience for that short amount of time that I did <laughs> get to enjoy it. I do miss it. I, I don't know if a lot of moms feel this way or not, but I miss my baby kicking inside me, move, feeling them move around. I mean, it's such a special experience and bond that you get to have that you know, not many people have that. And especially, you know, dads, they don't understand that. And no taking away to dads, you know, all props to dads. They definitely pull their weight. But it's just, uh, unfortunately, an experience that they don't get to have. But it's super special. Yeah, I do agree with that. When you have that child and you're like laying down and you look at your belly and you see this like alien move inside of you. <laughs> it's like, it's so weird, but it's yet so beautiful because you're somehow growing this body inside your body and it's like what the fuck like it's just, it blows my mind yeah <laughs> like this is fucking happening there's like a child inside of me yeah. and it's moving and you see how it moves and you know they they kick you in the fucking lungs and it's like <laughs> you can't breathe and it's like what the fuck but it's so beautiful though like it's just a, it really is an amazing experience for sure yeah all complications aside it if you have a normal pregnancy is 
it is pretty special. And I, I do miss that part of pregnancy anyway. Not everything else, like the sickness and the bleeding and all that stuff that I experienced. But that stuff was actually pretty nice. And so one day my water broke at 38 weeks. I was working from home and I just went to go to the bathroom. And all of a sudden, before I went, I was like, oh, I felt this weird feeling, you know, this weird <laughs> pop, almost like a, it felt like almost like when you would pop a balloon, right? That's how I felt at first. And I was like, whoa, I thought I just moved weird. So I was like, okay, let me just go to the bathroom. Maybe I just have to go to the bathroom. So I walked to the bathroom, but before I could even sit down on the toilet, I mean, everything was coming out. And I was like, oh my god so I called my partner up he was freaking out I mean he was at work at that time and I said I need you to come home right now and he goes oh my god what's wrong what's wrong and I said it's go time like the baby is <laughs> coming we have to go soon so I need you to come home and he was like okay 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 and he was freaking out he rushed all the way home and he I was just calm you know I was you know having um my mom and you know other family members you know trying to calm me down and everything I went to take a shower and I come home and my partner is like what are you doing in the shower we have to go he's like freaking out he's throwing clothes in the bag he's like I mean just a typical movie scene that you would expect <laughs> and I think like he we started bickering a little bit because he was trying to rush me and I was like wait like relax like I have all this fluid running out of me like I need to like take a shower I need to I don't know if any of you I wanted to shave <laughs> before I went to the hospital <laughs> you know so we went we went to the hospital they did check me um and they're like okay your water broke so they admitted me my labor was 18 hours I really wanted to try my best if I could to have a pain no, no pain medicine you know free labor and this whole time I really really wanted to do a water birth because I felt like that was the best option for me and how I was able to um, manage pain and during my pregnancy every little pain that I had and uh, all like uncomfortable feeling I trained myself over these few months to um, every time I get to the water to just out calm down breathe and it would like immediately almost heal my pain but um as i got there the doctor said i was in labor too long and when your water breaks this is the policy that they told me even though i had my birth plan written up and everything nothing on my birth plan went as planned, went as planned. nothing <laughs> it was like almost like I, w I literally wasted pen and paper to write up this plan because it didn't nothing was on it. And so, I mean, even though my water broke, I couldn't labor in the tub, but I labored in the shower as long as I could. They ended up giving me Pitocin and I mean kicked my contractions into hyperdrive. I was trying my best to go in and out of the water but at that point they told me you know the baby's heart rate may drop we need to constantly monitor it um so you can't be in the bath anymore. I was freaking out because oh my god you know this I, was my plan. Yeah this was my plan how am I gonna manage my pain and I couldn't handle it. I'm gonna be honest I couldn't handle those contractions especially during uh the potential in time I couldn't do it I was in labor for 18 hours eventually she did come out healthy and beautiful as can be and there was no 
complications. I didn't even push that long, to be honest. And she just came right out. And uh, so that was, for me, it was a super surreal experience. And I don't know if it happened to you when your baby was born, but I, I couldn't stop looking at her. I was just such in awe that not only did I basically make this little person, that this person was actually out of me and here into the real world. And she was so perfect. And um, I checked every five seconds that she was breathing. I, I couldn't leave her alone. I don't know how you were when your baby was born. But no, I was not like that at all. <laughs> when my baby was born, because I had a C-section, um, they kind of just show you the baby. You don't really get to hold the baby. Um, and I also give birth in a time because, keep in mind, my son is 14. Um, so when I gave birth, they actually didn't have what they call now the mommy in me, where the baby stays with you all the time. Oh. Uh, when my son was born, they used to take the baby. So they will take my son uh, once after he was born. They took him into where they keep the babies. I don't know what it's called. The nursery? Yes, the nursery. <laughs> They would take my son there and they would bathe him and feed him and stuff like that. Um, because after I gave birth, I actually had a really bad reaction to the anesthesia where it was making me really sick. I had a fever of about one or four. So they were scared that I was going to start having convulsions. They couldn't bring the fever down. I couldn't stop going up. So the nurse was like, I don't want you to throw up on the baby. And he falls in his mouth and then he like chokes and... So they were very strict about that. So I gave birth at 4.30 in the afternoon and I didn't get to hold my baby until almost 3 o'clock in the morning because that's when they were finally able to control my fever and I was able, they gave me some like apple juice and I was finally able to keep it down. And so then they brought me the baby into the room and that's when I got to meet him. That's when I finally got to hold him and carry him and feed him. Um... I didn't breastfeed. I tried, I tried. It didn't work. So I did give my baby formula. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't regret it. If you did that, don't <laughs> feel bad. There's nothing wrong with formula. I gave it to my both of my kids. They've been on formula since the day they were born. Um, breastfeeding is not for me. And that's okay. And I don't feel guilty for it at all. Yeah, so that's when I got to see my baby. And they would take him out of the room so I could rest because um, since I did have a C-section, my healing time was longer than a natural birth, obviously. And I decided to cut off all medication the next day. And so I'd heal faster for it, but it made the pain unbearable. Thankfully, my mom was there. And so she did help me a lot, you know, getting out of bed and showering me and stuff like that because I literally could not do anything. But I did enjoy every break that that I got <laughs> that the nurses were like you want me to take your baby and I was like yes please take my baby because I, I wanted to rest because I knew the moment I went home that's it it's I, done I had the opposite <laughs> you because immediately when she was born they put me skin to skin with her and it was just this incredible in awe feeling um, and then obviously you know I my baby never left my side mm -hmm. and there was a nurse she was super wonderful this nurse and she was very attentive but she did offer you know to take the baby out of the nursery and I fully protested that <laughs> no I did not you know I actually I breastfed for six months I do wish that 
I would have done it a lot longer. I do kind of still have that um, mom guilt about it. It's okay that you feed your your kids formula. I did do it after she, you know, after she was six months. But I had gotten COVID and my supply just completely disappeared after I got sick. And um, I was taking supplements and, you know, doing all these things. But it just wasn't happening to me. Um, it made me feel really bad about it, to be honest. I felt like I wasn't doing enough for my baby. And I didn't get support when I came home because of COVID, we were afraid our daughter would get COVID. We didn't want anybody over. I mean, doctors had recommended for people not to come over and things like that. And my partner went to work immediately after I gave birth. I think it was like a few days after. Um, so I was dealing with this new baby, new experience, pretty much alone. And that was really hard because I was not prepared for that. And I think people don't talk about, you know, they talk about pregnancy, they talk about all these things, but they never talk about your postpartum journey. So I think that's also important to talk about too. So in the next episode, yeah, we will be talking about postpartum and what it is for different people, what, you know, what it could be really good for somebody where it can be really bad for someone else, someone who had a great pregnancy, have a horrible afterbirth um, experience where they feel alone, where they feel they have no support, or a lot of people also feel disconnected with their child where other people might get obsessed with their child. So everybody has a very different experience. Um, we will be talking about ours, but you're more than welcome to comment and we can, you know, make some comments about the ones that you guys went through because we do know it's so different for everybody and being a mom and giving birth and getting pregnant, it's not black and white. I mean, everybody has a different experience, uh, different situations situations and we understand that and that's what we say all the time this is a totally judgment-free zone because what might work for one might not work for the other uh, one thing that makes us perfect for this podcast is that Ariel and I were very different we parent very different and it's great and we respect each other's parenting and I think that the main goal is to understand that we're all different but we respect each other and yeah. I think that's important no, I, I definitely, yes. I mean, took the words right out of my mouth. So make sure you like and subscribe our content if you want to hear more upcoming uh, for episode two, Postpartum Journey. We'll see you next time. You can follow us on Instagram, underscore moms.curse, and at TikTok, moms.curse.